Hello, hello. Welcome to Sustainable 79. 79. Heavens to Betsy. We are your friendly little environment podcast all about people and the planet. And why, despite everything being a sack of environmental shit, we are still here <laughs> to lighten the mood every now and then, in we all? And what have we got coming up this week then? Well, this week's sack of environmental shit will include discussion of an issue that, in that there election in the United Kingdom, seems to have failed to take off. There is very little mention of a surprisingly uh, big issue. So it's not not taking off, right? It's it's stuck on the runway. We will also be talking about a number of, um, I guess, a number of sort of chickens that are coming home to roost. Or, or, or flying home to land, you know, flying through the air. <laughs> what are you talking about, Ol? <laughs> so, we're talking about, you know, there's going to be some Schadenfreude. We're going to have a lot of Schadenfreude, and that's chickens coming home to roost. So, um, you know, chickens fly, uh, and and big topical issues have failed to take off. Uh, so that is a uh, a flying link. Bloody hell! Gosh. Bloody hell! You're going to have to stop that, right? Next time is your last chance. You make the puns good, or you're not allowed to do them anymore. Uh, just the usual disclaimer, we do work for environmental charities, but these are very much our own views and the views of our guest, who we're going to speak to about flying in a little bit. So if anything that we say sets off your security alarm, check in with us, oh. and not oh. with anybody that you work, we work for, yes? Absolutely, uh, because... We are duty free. Oh, yeah. Very good. Uh, yeah. Yes, on oh, with no. it. Get on with it. Prediction time. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. What the hell is this? <gasps> prediction. Prediction time. What the hell is this? Not. We it's banned back. this. <laughs> The section that you never wanted to see again is back. Oh, and I couldn't be more excited. This is the section where we try to work out what's going to come up in, a, in, in the following seven days or so. But there's a bit of a twist this time because we were thinking about all of the things that haven't been mentioned in the election so far. You know, you may have noticed that strong and stable have been elected, uh, been elected, been mentioned a lot of times in the election. Uh, I think some other things have been said, but mainly those two words have been said, strong and stable. I do but, like the thing that says, well, someone pointed this out on Twitter, once you realise that strong and stable leadership fits to the tune of all things bright and beautiful, it makes the whole thing a damn sight fair. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> all things bright and beautiful. Oh, that, is, that has made this election far more palatable anyway it struck us that we in fact we have talked about this massive issue of Heathrow Airport expansion of the third runway getting built and that has been a huge political ding dong in the UK Uh, political parties saying they're not going to do it then saying they are going to do it everyone getting all upset people standing down blah 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 but suddenly it's all gone quiet it ain't being talked about and then we got 
is it? Why is it not being talked about? And that guy's thinking about flying in general. So our prediction, my prediction, yeah, screw you, my prediction is that for the entire course of this general election campaign, there will be no single mention of Heathrow expansion in any of the manifestos or, well, apart from the Green Party manifesto, they'll probably mention it, but certainly not in uh, the Tories or Labour. And I bet you there ain't no mention of it in any debates or anything like that. All right, there's my prediction. Yeah, all right, look, shut up. I don't bloody care what you think. Shut up and listen, right? So what? We're yes, g- you do. That's because the reason you don't care, and this for long-time oh, listeners, you'll appreciate this, you but off. for newer listeners, you might not. The reason you don't care I'll is because I'm currently off. winning... I'm winning the prediction battle. Prediction time. <laughs> I hate it. Anyway, I'm letting you do this because it's an excuse to talk to someone who isn't you, right? And what we're going to do is we're talking to a guy called Leo Murray. Now, Leo knows everything about flying, like whether you should do it, whether you should go everywhere by pogo stick, and whether or not anyone who takes a flight is a bastard. And so we're going to ask him loads of questions. Leo is one of the founders of this really cool and sort of uh, wicked uh, avian protest group called Plain Stupid what like goes and locks themselves to things and shuts runways down. Uh, Danny Paffard from back in episode 45 one of the Heathrow 13. I think they were part of that weren't they? Plain Stupid? Is that all? Yeah I think so. Certainly connected. Yep. Um, And he's also a continuing aviation campaigner for things for fair aviation taxes and that kind of thing. So we thought we would ask him all about flying because um, well he knows about it so we're going to ask him about it. Very good. Chucks away! Hello, Leo! Hello, gents. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you very much for coming to talk to us about all things flying. Uh, why is flying bad, Leo? <laughs> nothing, like a, nothing like a lead-in question, is there? It's great. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's lots of reasons, obviously, why it's good, and that's why people like to do it. Um, and there are reasons why it's, why it's unpleasant as an experience. But uh, the thing that I'm exercised about is the impact of flying on climate change. So um, specifically, it's of all the things that you can do as an individual, all the behaviours um, that you can engage in, it's the most carbon intensive. So that is to say it releases the most carbon into the atmosphere in the shortest amount of time. So, um, you know, some years ago, I kind of I had a look at this, trying to find something that was comparable. Um, and uh, the only thing that I could come up with was um, starting a forest fire. So if you start, start a forest fire, um, you know, if you burn, burn an acre of mature forest, um, which you can do in a couple of hours, uh, you, you emit about five, five tons of carbon into the atmosphere, um, you know, which is broadly comparable um, with uh, taking a return trip to Thailand, for instance, on a plane. Blimey. So there's not a, I mean, I, I, you know, that's, it's about it's about a ton and a half um, a return flight to Thailand, but there there's nothing else there's nothing else out there there's nothing else that people do as part of their regular lives that releases so much carbon in one go. So um, you know there's a lot of there's been a lot of conspiracy chat um, over the last couple of years, and uh, there are a lot of people a lot of evangelical vegans out there, and it's Oi. 
perfectly true to say <laughs> that um, going vegan is one of the very best things that you can do. But you know, um, mm. at the same time, uh, if switching from a high meat diet to a vegetarian diet cuts about a ton and a half of carbon from your footprint. Um, and taking a single long haul flight to somewhere, somewhere like Thailand emits more than that just in one go. So you want people not to fly. I mean, is it as simple as that? Is that basically, if you fly, you are a bastard? Is that what Leo says? No, no certainly not. I mean, I, I used to get hit over the head with that um, a lot when I, was, uh, when, I was doing, when I was a spokesperson for Plain Stupid. That was what everybody would come at us with. Um, and actually in that context, you know, when you have just been chained up on a runway and delayed people's flights, um, it was, it was, it was an obvious attack. It was obvious line of attack for journalists, but, um, but the reality is, um, because there is no technological solution for this, we can't all fly as much as anybody wants. Once you accept that we can't all fly as much as we want, it becomes a question of, well, who, who gets to fly? What, you know, what flights, what flights are okay? You know, we have a distorted perception of the importance of air travel here because actually only 5% of the world population have ever set foot on a plane. That, that is, you know, people are surprised when they hear that. And actually, what I've done over the last few years is I've, I've, gone, through, I've gone through data um, on, on British people who is flying from our airports. And um, I think, you know, the first thing to say is British people fly pretty much more than anybody else so we 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 have yeah we fly more per capita british people than the people of any other nation half of us more than half of us take on average zero flights each year so what that tells you and this was my starting point is the half of us who are flying we must be doing a lot of flying we're flying more than everybody else but it's only half of us doing it so i started to go through uh stats looking at looking at who who's taking all these flights and i i'm guessing now that the, the picture in the heads of people who is who are listening will be is business people you know that that's that's what you're imagining you're imagining high-powered business executives um on important um you know company business uh 10% of international flights by uk residents are business flights 10% wow. 90% fall into that leisure category. And, um, you know, what we always are hit, what I was always hit with when I was um, campaigning with Plain Stupid is family holidays. You know, the family holiday is a kind of sacrosanct thing. Um, and the aviation industry used the, the annual family holiday as a kind of talisman to, to ward off regulation. But actually, though, those flights are not the problem. When it comes to climate change and controlling, you know, controlling our emissions as a nation within what scientists have told us are safe limits, and you know, meeting our commitments under um, under legislation, uh, annual family holidays are fine. Hey, can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. So is, is what you're saying then that there is a relatively small number of people who are flying, what, like 10, 15 times a year, just hopping, hopping around the place in planes, but causing a disproportionate amount of, of the damage? It's, it's, and, they're, and they're bastards. 
And they're they the bastards. Yes, exactly. They're the bastards. Right, exactly. We found like, the bastards. Got it, like, we, we found the bastards. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, what I found looking at this was that about 15% of us take 70% of all the flights. And um, when you look at who is in that group, most of them are very wealthy. So the strongest corollaries for, you know, frequent flyer status are, um, are <clears throat> household income of £115,000 or more. Um, so that, that's the first one. And Whoa, the sec- Whoa and the, there's and the, loads of pounds. The, the second one is um, ownership of a second home abroad. So, you know, it's, you, you, you're starting to get a picture of, you know, who's in that category. Who is it that's causing the problem for us? That's driving... Um, expansion, you know, growth in demand for air travel, it's people in that group. And, um, it, you know, you probably you won't be surprised to learn that it is City of London and Westminster, Surrey, mm. and Kensington and Chelsea. So Bastards. those are the places where you've got the most frequent flyers. And then where were these people going? Well, in aggregate, right, if you add them all up together, the most popular destination for frequent flyers from those places is tax havens. So, <laughs> I mean, what? you couldn't make it up. Bastards. Um, but yeah, bastards. and of course, you know, the truth is that flying expands your horizons in a very real way. You know, being able to um, visit uh, people on the other side of the world, um, it does, you know, it changes your, it changes your worldview. And there's actually quite a good, there's some work by the Energy Saving Trust a few years ago showed that um, concern about climate change tends to be much higher amongst people who fly the most. Hypocritical bastards. Yes, hypocritical bastards. Right, okay, here we go. Darling fascist bully boy, give me some more money, you bastard. May the seed of your loin be fruitful in the belly of your woman. Neil. So, uh, planes are bad. I get that. Planes are very bad and people are flying, some people are flying too much. But can't some planes be good? Now, I've seen news stories about that solar-powered plane that flew all the way around the world and I've seen reports about how with improved batteries they might be able to have solar-powered planes with, you know, decent electric motors and batteries that can get them going routinely around the world um so can't we just wait until that all happens and don't we need to stop worrying about it well you're right to say that um you know the aviation industry spends a lot of money on pr for um for made up technological solutions essentially so uh in the time that i've been campaigning uh, against their airport expansion um, and aviation growth i have seen just a myriad different things which were supposed to be the solution. So, you know, from David Branson posing with a coconut. Um, David Branson? Through, through to, oh gosh, yes. Coconuts? Well, are you, are you on drugs? Who's David you know, Branson or what's a coconut got to do with anything? <laughs> right way through from Richard Branson posing with coconuts, um, uh, which, you know, apparently he was going to power his planes with coconuts. Um, he, he never uh, actually did that. Uh, they flew one flight, which had 5% um, of some coconut extract mix. But uh, it, they've never, there's never been a commercial flight that flew with, um, with any coconuts in it. Uh, but through to stuff I've seen stories recently about improvements in battery technology, meaning that they, 
there are people claiming there's going to be an electric plane that can do short haul flights in within 10 years. You know, I will eat my hat. Um, you know, th- these things are, they've been called technology myths by, um, by academics who study this stuff um, because they're just really helpful for reassuring everybody that this is all going to be okay. The truth is, yes, planes become more efficient. Like mainly that's happening because they get bigger. So the, the new planes, A380s, they're massive. They fit a lot more people in and you just get uh, economy of scale that way. That's brilliant. But the rate at which technology improves the carbon efficiency of air travel is much, much less than the rate at which um, demand for air travel grows, right? So we're getting about 1% every year, 1% efficiency improvements from the aviation sector. They project that going on in perpetuity. Um, I think that's a bit generous, but fine, 1% a year. Meanwhile, they're growing at 5% a year. So oh. yes, technology yeah, helps, yeah. but it's you know you could just see the mass. Just you know, it's it's obvious um, that it doesn't stack up. Right. So we've found who the bastards are, bastards. and I want to talk now about some other bastards, uh, which are the all the people who want to be elected as our new MPs. And I'm sure all they're not all bastards. I'm sure there's some nice people. Yeah, but. <laughs> The reason I want to talk about them, the reason yeah. I want to talk about them is because it strikes us that they're going to be awful quiet about, you know, expanding Heathrow or expanding anywhere in the way that they were awful noisy about it when they weren't standing for election. Um, why is that? And is that, you know, a fair assessment? That's very fair assessment. I mean, it's, you know, it's been being reported that their Conservative manifesto is not going to mention Heathrow anywhere. So even though this is supposedly a rock-solid government commitment, um, they're not going to mention Heathrow because there are a lot of Tories in West London seats whose constituents are dead set against Heathrow expansion and have extracted personal commitments from people who are now standing um, as their as their candidates. Um for MPs to oppose Heathrow expansion. So, you know, we've had this very weird thing with Zach Goldsmith where he took a principled stand and said that um, if if my government decides that they're going to back Heathrow, I will stand down um, as a Conservative <laughs> MP. He, he did that and then triggered a by-election, lost that by-election. Oops. And now we <laughs> now he's standing again. Um, in the same seat for the Conservatives, even though they're still committed to Heathrow expansion. So something very strange has gone on there. Did he quit? Hang on a blinking minute. So you don't go on a plane ever, yeah? No. That's a thing. So does that mean that you are like, you are perfectly all right with never seeing the Grand Canyon and the Caribbean and the Great Barrier Reef while it's still around? Have you just gone like, that's all right, that's a thing I don't want to see? No, so what? No, so you know, uh, hands up. Ten years, ten years. I went to you know two thousand and I can't remember what year it was. Now two thousand and five. I went to my brother's wedding in India. He married an Indian girl, and um, and I felt you know I needed to be there, so I went to that. Um, And then ten years passed without me setting foot on a plane. I've now got two kids. I've got a five and a seven year old, and. my son was desperate to see the jungle 
And, you know, my, my wife has been very understanding about this um, and, you know, hadn't, hasn't taken a foreign holiday herself for years. But we decided last year that, um, you know, 10 years was probably a sort of fair interval. And, um, and we took the kids to the jungle in Costa Rica. Um, and what we did there was we went to a place that you cannot get to practically by any other means. And we went and we stayed for a long time. So we were there for a good few weeks. And that is the, that's my prescription to, to people in general. You know, if you, if you must get on a plane, go somewhere that you just, you're never going to visit unless you get on a plane to go there for a start and stick around, (laughs) take Mm. your time, go and experience being in that place because, because, you know, what we can't do is just fly willy nilly. We can't do it. That's massively irresponsible. If that's you and you're, and you're listening, you know, if you're taking multiple flights each year, you are very much in a global elite that is spearheading the problem of climate change. You are absolutely in the driving seat of f***ing things up for all future generations. Crikey and Rogers. you need to take a good hard look <laughs> at yourself and the choices that you're making. It's the choosing to own a second home, you know, I mean, mate, don't 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 have a long distance relationship <laughs> with someone on, who's a really long way away, because you are going to rack rack up the love miles, as um, George Monbiot likes to call it. Leo, thank you so much for uh, babbling with us and putting up with this being impudent um how can people find out more about you and all the stuff that you do and all the brains what you have in your head well i guess i you know you can follow me on twitter i'm a christ Unity in the uh, great words of homer simpson um uh, and uh, and the campaign the campaign website um for my one-man band campaign for aviation tax reform is uh, a free ride beautiful thank you so much leo and good luck no, thank you, guys. Thanks, thanks, thanks so much for having me on. All right, cheers. Schadenfreude of the week. Schadenfreude of the week. Another section that we ain't done for a while. Oh, this is like a sort of retro babble. It's fantastic. This is the section where we look at some of the chickens what have come home to roost, where people have been idiots and then they reap the consequences of that idiocy. And, well, very topical. We've got a number of ones to talk about. A number of Schadenfreudes. The first is about flying because it emerged about a month ago, admittedly, but, you know, we never claim to be the most current of current affairs podcasts. It emerged a month ago that increased climate change is going to make flying bouncier. Uh, So so as Leo was explaining, flying flying makes climate change uh, worsier and and the worsier climate change is now going to make flying bouncier. Why? Uh, Why? What are you talking about? Apparently, according to uh, an article in The Independent, um, there's going to be increased carbon dioxide levels in the atmosphere, which uh, is a a hilarious matter, um, is going to make pressure strong enough to bounce unbuckled passengers around an aircraft cabin. uh, And it's going to make that pressure three times more common 
Um, so I just think that is there is a beautiful bit of Schadenfreude there. The bastards who are flying all the time, making the world uninhabitable for all of us, are going to get their heads bruised on cabins and their elbows smashed into windows. And well, boohoo! I think that was balanced and even-handed, wasn't it? Yes, it was rather um, good. Well, the bastards deserve it, as as found out. So what else? What else? Or what other Schadenfreude you got? Well, uh, that's another even more retro. Uh, you remember 1981, don't you, Dave? Uh, probably just about, actually. Yeah. Oh, great. What was happening? Um... Uh, what was happening? Um, Brixton Riots. That happened. Oh, really? Oh, and oh, this! Yeah. The best song. Oh, I love this song. Oh. Amazing. Won the Eurovision Song Contest, oh. That's what it did. Um, nice. Oh, hang on a minute. Eurovision is coming up, isn't it? It is. Go back and listen to Ooh. episode 18 for our Eurovision special. Well, I'll tell you what else happened in 1981, Dave, and that was Brideshead Revisited. Ah, oh, ah, oh, Brideshead, the most beautiful, beautiful series ever made. Ah, oh, Jeremy Irons, Anthony Andrews. Um, Were you in it? No, before I was born. Oh, right. So, but, you know, I think of myself as a, as a Sebastian Flight character. Anyway, the point is, this is topical, because Brideshead Revisited was on the telly, and one night, shortly before Brideshead Revisited was on the telly, there was a documentary about global warming. It was called The Warming Warning. And it is it's only recently surfaced, Some people, uh, I think the lovely lot... At the Carbon Brief um, picked up on this, that there was this documentary, whatever that is, 36 years ago. And it's amazing. It's saying all of these things like more climate change uh, or rather more CO2 is going to lead to the world warming up. And although on average it will be a couple of degrees, you know, you'll see a lot more of it in the polar regions and all of this stuff, which has turned out to be true. So, um, well... And there is a reasonable consensus among meteorologists that the warming will continue and will be significant and measurable, easily measurable, roughly by the end of this century. Is this schadenfreude? (laughs) Who is it for? Is it schadenfreude for everyone that ignored that documentary in 1981? Well, I think so. Watched Brideshead instead and are now suffering the ravages of climate change. Well, I think so, because 36 years later, news has emerged that humanity has just breached, brace yourself, the 410 parts per million threshold for CO2. And if that isn't an exciting sentence, I don't know what is. Bloody terrifying is what it is. What that means is, right, that uh, carbon dioxide is basically higher. That's like your amount of carbon dioxide. Yeah. It was at 280 parts per million. Yeah. 60 years ago. Right. But like, and and it just thought it's basically it's exponentially going up. It's like it's going up higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. Right. And about every bit. That's not exponential. It's not exponentially going up. That is mathematically wrong. Your mum's mathematically wrong because four four years ago it was at 400 and now it's at 410. That's going up. Yeah, it's going up in quite a straight line. It's not exponentially going up. I'm not. You're supposed to know about this stuff. I'm not letting you have it. Fair enough. All right. Anyway, look. The point is, it's the highest that carbon dioxide levels have been in the atmosphere for something like 50 million years. You don't have to do maths to know that's an awful lot of years, right? And while over in America, the great 
orange bellicose bellend inhoff in chief is still suggesting that climate change is a conspiracy and isn't something to worry about and is appointing a uh, fossil fuel loving renewable hating git as the person in charge of renewable energy um oh, good it is actually happening oh, 36 years ago someone did a tv program saying it's happening it's happening well done person of 36 years ago can we start paying attention now please Right, third and final bit of Schadenfreude is, well, it's for those lovely, lovely monkeys in the UK government. Uh, They were told by the High Court and various other courts that they should bring out their new plan for tackling stinky, stinky air. We have banged on about this at length, so we won't bang on about it here. But they were told they had to do it, and they were supposed to do it by the 24th of April. And they went, oh, but now we've called an election, we shouldn't really do it because, you know, it'll be all controversial and everything. And the courts went, no, no, this is about your plans to stop people dying of stinky, stinky air, so please publish them. So they've got to publish their plan. And yeah, well, that teaches you right for like not sorting out the UK's air pollution problem. And now you're going to have to bring out what might be an unpopular plan uh, ahead of an election and it might not go well for you. Although I bet it's going to be a big populist kind of bit of nonsense. What are they going to do then? They're going to like ban the most stinky badgers by shooting them in the face they're going to say like badgers cause air pollution and like poor people cause air pollution and like yeah, the, the labor party and foreigners and, the, yeah. and europe causes air pollution in fact europe does cause air pollution Brus- doesn't it brussels yeah, yeah 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 they say all of that and about well apparently you know this plan was actually half decent and was written about a month ago by people who know about it and then you know theresa may and that lot were like hang on a minute are you suggesting that we do things like stop really polluting vehicles going, you know, all over the place? And the people who know about it went, yeah, that's exactly what I was suggesting. And Theresa May and their lot have apparently gone, yeah, delete that paragraph, or <laughs> delete that entire chapter, and we'll do something else which is going to get us more votes. Uh, so that's, that's apparently what we're going to get. We shall see. Hello, all here. Uh, good news, the government did publish their clean air plan. Um, so we're all saved from, from stinky air forever. That's, that's not true. Uh, it's, it's a shit plan. It's a plan of shit. It's not really even a plan. It's a plan for a plan at some point in the future. It's rubbish. Uh, they sort of say they might consider paying about four and a half people to scrap their old diesel cars um, but don't commit to it and they sort of say councils should probably do loads more but they're not going to give the councils any money to do loads more uh, and that's about it so read into that what you will about just how much this government cares about your lungs that is just about it for another episode of Sustainababble thank you very very much to the magnificent Leo Murray for telling us who the bastards are uh, and everything you could possibly want to know about flying doesn't he know loads about flying that was well good yeah Um, yeah, thanks Leo no Arabella again this week um, but she'll be back soon enough I'm Sure. Thank you, as always, to the legendary Dickie Moore for the music that starts, ends and intertwinkles this here podcast. And thank you all for... Um, 
Well, I'll leave you to think of something while I do the rest of this. Mm. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at the Babble Wagon. You can search for us on Facebook. Just search for Sustainababble. Or, even better, you can drop us an email at hello at sustainababble.fish. And please, 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 please leave us a little five-star review on uh, whichever app you get your podcasts on. Very good. Um, and can I give a little shout out to our friends at the Weekly Economics Podcast, What We Went On, if you remember. Um, I do remember. We was a guest on it and it won an award. It was like third in the UK British podcasty thing um, for like best current affairs show. And we went on that. So well done. <laughs> well, sorry. Well done us. Yes. Well done right, us. Okay. Sustainable <laughs> rides to victory. Well done <laughs> us. Um, and yes, we're not at all miffed about not winning anything. Uh, as administrative, administrative oversight, oversight, I think. Yeah, it's like the Oscars. They just gave the envelope to the wrong podcast. We shall be back uh, next week. <laughs> Until then, have a splendid week, Ol, and you too, listener. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.